Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. Paul had a cat that he got when he was in middle school, and it just died this last year. Austin, everybody in the neighborhood knew Austin. And Paul had prayed that, uh, you know, he was getting old, he could hardly walk and had arthritis so bad and all this, you know, that uh, we knew his time was coming to an end. And uh, but Paul prayed, said, Lord, don't let him go out and die in the woods somewhere or get run over. It took him forever to walk across the street. Uh, and uh, one day I was coming home from work, and he was laying down on the road. Just At first I thought he was asleep, but he had just laid down and died. And so, but 18 years old, that's a pretty good time. And he's an outside cat, so, I mean, he, uh, God took good care of him. Amen. When I was off work, Monica, I was so worried I wasn't going to be able to be there for him. I was <laughs> off work and I was able to bury him and everything was fun. Amen. Just Praise the Lord. God is good and he does care about the things that we care about. And I, I tell you, there, there's beginning to be a, a rebellion against the anti-Christmas uh, movement, anti-Christian movement. Uh, O'Reilly uh, is putting out these uh, bumper stickers now, uh, just say Merry Christmas. And uh, I, I like that because uh, there's such a movement of happy holidays. And uh, I, I think we ought to let them know when we go to a store or someplace and they have a sign outside say happy holidays, we need to tell them that's not good enough for us. Amen. We're celebrating uh, the birth of Christ. We're excited about what it is. If we, uh, this is a time, and it's not a time to go in debt and go overboard and, and uh, uh, this type of thing, but it is a time to take advantage of giving a good testimony of what we're doing. We're celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to compromise. We're not going to hide it under the, uh, the rug. I remember one time, you know, it's like this. Uh, you can you can't hardly witness to Christ in public, but you can cuss. You can use all kinds of four-letter words and whatnot. And one day I was in Piggly Wiggly before they went out of business. And everywhere I turned down every aisle, somebody was cussing or taking the Lord's name in vain or using a four-letter word. And I said, the next time I hear that, I'm going to react to it. So someone said something, and I yelled, praise God, as loud as I could, and everything just come to a halt in the store. They all looked at me. <laughs> Made me feel good, too. But we need to just uh, stand up and, and uh, be counted. We, we don't have to hide in the corner. We don't need to be brash and, and pushy and what have you. But, you know, we're the hope of the world. We're the ones who's been given authority. We're the ones who've been commanded to be alive on a, a hill. And we're, we're commanded to be salt of the earth. And yet we're so afraid of, uh, it's not really afraid of being offended or, or offending somebody. We're afraid of being offended. We're afraid that somebody's going to have a negative reaction to us. But praise God. Uh, we have, one day we're going to answer to God. You know, if we're ashamed of him, he said, then I'm ashamed of you. If you don't witness to me before man, I won't witness to you before my father. And so it's something to think about. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And I don't want to stand before God and say, why did you keep your mouth shut when somebody was hurting and you could have influenced them? The world has gotten so perverted 
and, and uh, such a lack of morals and, and whatnot, that, uh, and it's just about as bad in the so-called church as it is the world, and something's got to change. I mean, something's got to change. The church better stand up and be the church. Amen. Uh, we're so afraid. You know, when, when, when uh, different denominations have to have board meetings and, and con uh, conferences to see whether they can uh, ordain the homosexuals into the ministry or what have you, something's wrong. I mean, the Word of God tells me what to do. I don't believe we're to hate anybody. I don't believe we should hate anybody, whether it be homosexual or whatever. Uh, but I can hate the sin of it. And, and I don't have to promote it. And I don't have to, to get along with the world say, I think it's all right. Now, I will say this. What people do in their own homes is their own business. They'll answer to God for it. But when they get out on the street and start pushing their lifestyle on everybody else, when they can go into churches and, and throw condoms and stuff at the congregation and, and uh, uh, ride bicycles nude through town to protest, then something needs to be said. Well, amen. They, um, that uh, old uh, governor of Washington State's got herself in a big mess, thanks to O'Reilly. <laughs> so when she allowed him to put up that big atheist poster in front of the uh, uh, Capitol building there, some people rose up and said, enough is enough especially putting it right by the nativity scene. I was a little worried about Milton. Every year, right after Thanksgiving, the nativity scene goes up on the courthouse lawn. And it was a week late coming up this week. I was so happy when I went by there and I seen it. I said, praise God, it's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm proud of uh, Jay and Pace that's willing to uh, face lawsuits in the ACLU to still have prayer uh, in their ball games and their graduation services. Amen. The reason we're losing ground is we shut up and we're so afraid. We allow ourselves to be intimidated by the devil. Nowhere do I read in the word where, behold, I give Satan power over you. But I do read where, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. We had a chief go to church here years ago, and uh, he just he got saved here, and he was kind of a rough character before he got saved. And uh, he was on security uh, on this, uh, out here at the base. And one day he was on duty, and uh, his superior officer was there and just cussing up a storm, you know, just some regular, I guess what you might say, old whirly sailor talk. And he turned to him and he said, In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that perverted spirit. He said, I won't allow it in Jesus' name. He said, I don't know whether I just shocked him and he shut up or whether he'd come under conviction. He said, but he just looked at me and walked off and left. <laughs> but amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me just read something. I've got a couple things going, so I'm, I'm going to try to narrow it to two or three messages this morning. But uh, in Habakkuk, the uh, last chapter, the third chapter, I want to read the 17th through the 19th verse. Now, so many people... It's so easy to get negative because every, uh, I don't hardly know a person that in one way or another, their faith isn't being tried right now. God hasn't been dethroned, and God's not out trying to get alone because the economy of the world is collapsing. In fact, as we've been uh, told by the Word of God and through prophets for a long time that this day was going to come. Amen. And we've been encouraged to remind that we are not 
uh, our life is not based on the economy of the world, but it's based on God's economy. In fact, is uh, God likes to do things when He gets the credit for it, and I think we're 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 prime candidates for miracles. But if you're going to get a miracle, you've got to believe God. You're going to get it. Uh, you can't get all depressed because today and yesterday look bad. Amen. You know, God specializes in making you think he's late, but he's never late. I know times when we were expecting things and needed them, and it didn't come. And thank God when it did come, I'm glad it was late coming because I needed it worse then than I would have before. If I had got it when I wanted it, it would, I would have taken care of those and I'd had a bigger mess to deal with. So It's like Monica was saying this morning, God knows the end from the beginning. God's got a timetable, and somewhere we've got to believe that. Amen. God cares for you more than you're capable of caring for you or anybody else. But let me read this. The 17th verse of the Habakkuk, the uh, third chapter. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine, the labor of the olive uh, shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foe, and there shall be no herd in the stall, and General Motors and Ford and Chrysler may fold. That doesn't say that, but I thought I'd add that. He said, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Although these things are happening, everything is collapsing. Everything is falling apart. I mean, it can't get any worse than what he described here. And yet he said, and yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Do you know that the joy of the Lord is your salvation? <coughs> Do you know when Satan steals your joy, he steals your ability to exercise faith? And You know, uh, you can't have faith and be a sourpuss. You can have faith and not be happy, but you have to have joy. Now there's a difference. Happiness is strictly based on situations and circumstances. I can be happy because the sun's out. I cannot be happy because it's raining. But there's a peace in me regardless of whether I'm happy or not that I have a sense of security and everything being all right. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm not looking at situations and circumstances. But I'm looking to the God of my salvation and I'm standing fast on his promises. It says, uh, you know, when you, when you have a word from God, though it tarry, it shall not tarry. Hey, even though it ain't happening, doesn't mean it's not going to. God's timing. And when I begin to wonder if it's going to happen or not, I begin to lose the victory. Amen. My God shall supply my need according to his riches and glory. It's not based on Wall Street. It's not uh, based on Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. See, when I, when I begin to think different, I tie God's hand because he's the high priest of my profession or my confession. And he agrees with me when I agree with the word of God. And it brings things into existence. When I disagree with him and I get in the doubt realm, then like I've shared before, Satan agrees with me. If two of you agree on touching any one thing that you shall ask, it said you'll receive it. Now, when I begin to get negative, 
and I begin to think it's impossible, you know what the devil says? I'm in agreement with you. Two of you have agreed on touching that thing. You've set it in motion. Well, amen. <coughs> when, I, when I say, by his stripes, I am healed. Jesus is the high priest of my profession, reaches out and said, we're in agreement. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I believe the church's greatest hour we're right on the brink of it. And I believe that when the joy of God, hallelujah, when we press through and we come into that realm, we're going to see some great things. Many are called and few are chosen. And I believe there's, a, there's a something taking place right now where God's beginning to do some choosing. God chooses his people out of a feather bed. It doesn't say that, does it? God chooses his people out of the furnace of affliction. It's going to happen. And how I think and how I uh, embrace, now I want to say think, I'm not talking about positive thinking. But I'm talking about embracing the word of God and believing it's an absolute and refuse to believe anything else. Then I'm setting something in motion for God to work with. Faith doesn't work the same time doubt does. And you're not going to make it without faith in this day or this hour. We have a great opportunity to build our faith. Now, God has given to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the same, but a measure. Every one of us started out with the measure of faith. Some have done something with theirs. They've exercised it. They let it grow. They let it get stronger. They believed God. They stood on the word. <coughs> Others have taken it, and they let everything that come down the pike knock them over. I've known so many people over the years that tell me, bless God, bring the devil on. I've got so much faith. I just dare him to come. Then they get their light bill, and then they start crying, God's forsaken them. Amen. Well, it's the truth. Hallelujah. Hey, let's don't worry about what's in the stall or what's not in the stall. Let's don't worry about what's on the fig tree or what's not on the fig tree. Let's just rejoice in the Lord our God who meets all our need according to his riches in glory. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's, there's something about when I'm walking up and, uh, and just and upright before God, he's not going to withhold any good thing from me. It may be slow in coming. See, God knows whether you believe him or not. He wants you to know. <laughs> When we go through something, it's for us to take a, a, a look at what is my faith. Do I have faith? You know, there's people that die all around us that think they're standing on faith. You know what they're standing on? Religious stubbornness and religious pride. I'm not going to, you know, uh, Hobart Freeman said something one time that has stuck with me over the years. It's been a real encouragement. And that was God will meet you where you can meet him. Don't lie to yourself. Amen. If you can't go to a certain place, get in the Word of God until you can. Until then, know that where you are and what you're doing, God's going to meet you there. Well, praise God. I know I had to go through that with a pacemaker. You know, I had gotten to where I couldn't hardly pray for people after I did that. I, I had thought that I had turned my back on God and, and uh, had to be faithless. 
But you know what? What's that, 10 years ago or so they got it? I wouldn't be here today if I didn't get it. I wouldn't be able to praise the Lord today. But now, bless God, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. Amen. My, my brain may stop, but I think this thing will keep working as long as the battery's going. Well, praise the Lord. But see, I let Satan beat me to death over that thing. You hypocrite, how can you lay your hands on somebody? Why? Because when I lay my hands on somebody, I'm standing on the Word of God. He said, lay the hands on the sick. Sometimes we put it this way, put your holy hands on empty heads. No, I scratch that. Praise God. But you know what I'm saying? We have got something to get excited about. Hallelujah. We have the promises of God from Genesis 1 to Re uh, Revelation 22. And are we going to sit down and whine and cry because things are tight? Because things are tough? Am I going to just sit up and uh, just begin to cry and cry uh, because I've got an ache and pain? Well, praise God. I mean, I'll admit, but I won't submit. I'll admit that my knees don't work as good as they did 70 years ago. Well, they don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't remember how they work, but I can look at little kids and little in diapers and how they kick their legs. They must work all right. But praise God. Hallelujah. At one time, here I'm 70 years old. At one time, I didn't think people could live that long. I used to think, man, if I could just get old and be 30. Well, praise God. I remember when I used to, when I was in grade school and watched these people get on the high school bus. I thought, man, they had reach the heights of things. So let me go on here. It says, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon the high places. You know, this, uh, this is something that we've got to get a hold of. God is my strength. When I get my eyes off that, I don't have any. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, uh, you don't have your own joy. Joy is a supernatural gift from God. And when you embrace it and exercise it, it gives you strength to go through and fight anything. Like I said, there's a big difference between joy and happiness. Well, praise God. And I will not let the devil steal my joy. Amen. And I'm not worried about the stock market crash for two reasons. My well-being is not based on it. Another thing is I don't have anything in it. I uh, work with some of these guys that, boy, they can't start the day off without seeing the Wall Street Journal. And then half of them lately been crying all the time. Hallelujah. Doesn't it bother you? <laughs> no, it don't bother me. Why doesn't it bother me? Well, for one thing, I don't have any money invested in it. Besides, I know this, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Well, praise God. I'm going to go and, and just uh, get on something else a little bit too about our attitude sometimes we need god to come and give us an attitude adjustment now david after he got involved with bathsheba and after he'd committed adultery and murder and then when uh nathan uh, confronted him uh 
that he had to do some dealing, some heart searching, and he realized that he needed some help from God. Amen. You know that I cannot change my thinking on my own. I cannot change my character on my own. But yielding to Christ and his word and letting him do it, he can bring a change in me. Hallelujah. I'm not what I used to be. Praise God. And I'm not going to remain what I am. <laughs> but let me just read this. <clears throat> David makes this, uh, uh, starting with the 8th uh, verse of Psalm 51. Hi, uh, he said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. It's, have you ever felt like God just busted you all up? And we, of course, we know it wasn't him, but sometimes you feel... Well, a lot of times what you feel is the chastening of God that kind of takes your joy away from you. But God, David, one thing he said, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Get excited about the fact no matter what happens, you're saved. If you're not, come down here and I'll pray with you and we can just uh, help you come and have a relationship with Christ. Share with you about surrendering your life to him. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. My prayer right now this morning is, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, just let your joy come on each and every one of us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we think we're going through. Hallelujah. It's your joy, the joy that's imparted from the uh, hallelujah, the portholes of glory is going to bring me through and give me the ability to stand against all odds. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that my needs are met. Not only are they met, but I have an abundance to give others. And I, I don't, uh, I haven't really got to the place where I believe that all that deep, but other people do. <laughs> Claudia and I, and, and this is not an invitation to give me a call by any means, but uh, I guess in the last month we probably lent out more money than we ever had, and the funny thing is, in the natural, we haven't had it to lend. Hallelujah. But I, I told Claudia one day, I said, some people must know something we don't. We're more prosperous than we think. <laughs> but praise God. But amen. We're a prosperous people. If you're born again, then bless God, according to the word of God, you don't have to lack nothing. It doesn't mean you have to have a Mercedes. Uh, nothing wrong there. I have to be careful what I say. Somebody used to get a little irritated with me when I made a remark about Hugo. But see, God can bring you from a Hugo to a Mercedes. Amen. That's how nice he is to us. Because he loves us for our faithfulness. I, I meant to say BMW. Amen. I wouldn't want to be in there. I want a 1952 Rolls Royce. It doesn't have to be new to make me happy. <laughs> I did see a, a 1937, I think it was a Lamborghini, that went on uh, Barrett and Jackson the other day for two and a half million dollars. And then there was a Peerless, which I... I don't know if any of y'all remember Peerlessly, but I had a neighbor that, uh, a high school friend of mine that had one. Uh, 
But you know, they were an expensive car in their day. In the early 1920s, they sold for $22,000. That's when you could buy a Model T for 200 Well, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this, but I just thought you might be interested. Anyhow, praise God. But he said, Create me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, nor take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Uh, then will I keep transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Let me kind of back up a little bit. Create in me. Hallelujah. Now this word clean here, uh, means re, re, creating me a pure and a, mor a moral heart. See, man's heart is wicked above all things, and he really has not got the ability to change it. But it can be changed when he yields his will to God and allows God to bring a change. When he begins to bring into captivity every thought and imagination to the obedience of Christ, then things begin to change. But if you just say on your own, I'm going to change, you're going to be a yo-yo. You're going to be up and down, up and down. One day with a victory, the next day you're going to fail. But by his strength, I can overcome. Amen. We begin to take him out of the equation, we begin to have problems. So, but um, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the word, uh, King James uses the word right spirit, but that could just as well be uh, translated a steadfast spirit. Amen. And this really, the more correct word would be a steadfast. In other words, somebody who's steadfast is not always wavering. God, bring me to the place where I'm not moved by situations and circumstances. God, bring me to the place where I'm not as unstable as water. Amen. Bring me to a place where I'm steadfast in your word and I'm not moved by what's in the stall or what's on the olive tree. Hallelujah. Don't let me get down because it looks like something, you know, I remember when I'd open my wallet and say, you quit lying. Amen. Now you hold up that thing. And this is, I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm standing on the fact that God said he'll meet my need according to the riches and glory of Christ Jesus. I'll hold up that envelope that's got that little window in it. And I said, God's going to take care of you. Amen. But that doesn't mean that... Uh, and again, see, I like to stress this whenever I'm talking. This, uh, the promises of God are for the obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not for just somebody who can put their thumb on something and start testifying to it or confessing it. In the abundance of the heart, Confessions made. Amen. What's in your heart is what's going to be produced. When your heart lines up with God's word, you're on the way to victory. Well, praise the Lord. So, cast me not away from thy presence, nor take thy Holy Spirit from me. This is something that David was so worried about. This is something that concerns God. Don't ever allow me to get to the place where I grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, God won't withdraw his Holy Spirit from me, but I can withdraw myself from the Holy Spirit. Well, amen. I can get to where I'm going my own way, doing my own thing, harden my heart, and the Holy Spirit can no longer minister to me. 
And I really believe that's what it is when we blaspheme the Holy Ghost. We just turn a deaf ear to the convicting power of God to the point where we can no longer hear it, even if we wanted to. Well, praise the Lord. Well, bless God. Hallelujah. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and hold with thee thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. This word salvation also means deliverance. Restore unto me the joy of your delivering power. And i got to realize that there's nothing that God can't give me victory over. There's nothing that God can't bring me through. But I have to be dependent on him. And I have to believe. Nothing's impossible to him that believeth. I believe that God is capable, and not only capable, but he's locked in by his word to do what he said he's going to do. Praise the Lord. And then, see, when I come to this place, he says, then will I teach transgressors that way. When I get this victory and I get this attitude and, and I allow you to do a work in my heart, then I can treat, uh, teach transgressors their, uh, the right way. Because I can't teach anybody something I'm not walking in. I can't give to you anything I don't have. I can be religious and say all kinds of things, but if it isn't in here, it's not going to take root in you either. You know, when I'm up here preaching, it's not what I'm saying that's affecting people. It's what's in my spirit. Deep calls to deep. If I was a, uh, an adulterer and a drunkard, I, I'd end up raising a congregation of that. Because that's what would be coming out, no matter what the word. And that's why there's been, uh, I remember one time years ago, we're going to Dennis Bennett's church on Wednesday nights in Seattle. I, a lot of you probably don't know who he is, but he was one of the fathers of the charismatic movement, Episcopalian priest. And he had to uh, get a hold of uh, his congregation one time, uh, and he said, look, there's going to be some changes here. Uh, adultery is starting to operate in this place. And how it started was this is a bunch of charismatic people that basically would come from different denominations and was attending these Wednesday night services. So here's a, a man, he's saved, his wife isn't. Here's a woman, she's saved, and her husband isn't. Guess what? So they come to church, and they become prayer partners. Starts off awful innocent. They start encouraging and uplifting one another, and guess what? First thing you know, Satan has sidetracked them, and they're in bed with each other. And because it started basically in the... In the uh, uh, not, not when the priesthood, but some of the elders and whatnot, it began to spread through the whole congregation. And I admired the fact that he could stood up and say, now this is going on, it's going to stop. If you want a prayer partner and you're a woman, you get you a woman to be your prayer partner. If you're a man, you get a man. And if somebody needs counseling, bless God, uh, it's all right if a woman and man both counsel them, but bless God, no woman is to counsel a man and, and vice versa. And he said, if you set up uh, something stable, because I don't care how good your intentions are, when you begin to violate God's law, even innocently, it'll torpedo you. Hallelujah. There was a case years ago 
where this woman wanted counseling. It ruined the ministry. Now, they really didn't do anything wrong. But uh, this woman, her husband wasn't saved. He was a real beast, and he didn't want her talking to the uh, preacher or anybody in church. So she asked the pastor if he could meet her somewhere and pray with her, so they met in a logging road. <laughs> Guess what? Some hunter walked by. And so they're sitting in this car. No matter how innocent it was, it could ever be rectified. Because people want to believe the worst. Well, amen. Praise God. But I'm, I'm so actually excited. We're, 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 we have an opportunity to affect the world. But not if we're going to sit down and cry and give up. And first thing, God, you do a work in me so I can be a vessel of affecting other people. Lord, I want to free, I want to teach transgressors your way. But I need you to search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. I want you to create a right spirit in me. And I want you to come to the place where I'm not moved by situations or circumstances. You're God whether there's a calf in the stall or not. You're God whether there's any olives on the tree or not. Well, amen. You're still God. And I have to have the attitude, I'm going to serve him regardless of what the cost is. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Somehow we got the idea of becoming Christians all of a sudden just takes away all the problems of the world. It doesn't. It gives you the ability through Christ to handle them and go through them victoriously. It gives you the opportunity of showing people, even when you're in a rock in a hard place, that bless God, there's a God that's with you that gives you strength to handle this thing, and you know even this shall pass. Amen. See, faith is not a guarantee you're not going to have any problems. Faith is a, is a guarantee that God is going to take care of you regardless, and that he can bring you through the problem and he can change it. I love the, every time I read in the scripture, it says, even this shall pass, and it came to pass. In other words, hang on, because it ain't going to be around long. Unless you begin to cry and complain because it's there. Then you're basically giving it permission to stay there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not so excited about the fact that I'm a king's kid, although I know I am. But I'm excited that I am the property of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. And he takes care of what belongs to me. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to victorylifechurchofmilton.com for more, and may God bless you.